Welcome back to another edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I am Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we are joined by our very favorite Slytherin via the interwebs, via the magic of technology, our favorite Slytherin who happens to be residing currently in Manhattan. It's Kelly! Yay! Kelly's here! <laughs> Hello! <laughs> Kelly is going to give us the Slytherin point of view on a very Slytherin-heavy chapter, Jessica. I thought this might be a good idea. No, this is this is going to be perfect because there's lots of Slytherins. I feel like I'm slurring a lot. Well, you do have some drink over there. That's uh, fire whiskey. Is that what? <laughs> yeah, fire whiskey. Uh, no, I I'm having a hard time saying Slytherins, causing uh, drama. And there's a lot of Slytherins causing drama in this chapter. And so we uh, needed to bring on our Slytherin correspondent, Kelly, in New York, to uh, defend their actions, I guess. I'm not sure she's going to do that. Kelly, you reread the chapter, and we're going to talk about it here in just a second after we recap a uneventful chapter 8. <laughs> Ooh, can I time it? Sure. Oh, um, i but uh, your initial thoughts, Kelly, after rereading the chapter, your uh, your house, it seems... Well, we don't know for sure. I was but, about to say, you're, you're throwing accusations out there, and <laughs> I don't know that a lot of that is confirmed. I don't know. It just seems like a, like a lot of Slytherin stuff happening. Slytherin stuff? A lot of alliteration. I'm having trouble with my alliteration here. Only on the S's, though. I did just wake up, though. Yeah, he just had a very long nap. <laughs> it's a weird day today. Virtual learning. Uh, Kelly, how's virtual learning going for you? Uh, well, today was actually our first day of in-person learning, and I'm an oh. in-person teacher. Oh. So it was a, it was a crazy thing. We had, because I'm a co-taught special ed class, and so we had five children between two teachers, which is a very weird thing, and uh, it was pretty boring. But those five children are probably going to learn a whole lot because they're going to. But they only get to come to school once every three days. So once every three (laughs) days, they'll get a lot. Then they'll go home and forget everything that you taught them. Yep. Yep. They're going to come back in three days. You're like, remember when we? And they're going to be like, no. (laughs) That wasn't us, Miss Walworth. That was somebody else. Well, we hope you don't, because Kelly, like uh, Jessica and I, this is the uh, the COVID team. Running the the podcast today, we've all uh, fallen victim to uh, Lady COVID over the last uh, six months or so. What are you looking at me like that for? Lady COVID. Well, Why is COVID going to be a lady? It's well, because 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 she's like kind of insisting upon herself. She's like kind of taking up everybody's time and just really wanting to focus on her. You know these last. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. I don't see why we have to assign a gender at all. And, la- just, and Lady COVID is... Just be a monster. How about that? Kind of being the Vila here and just trying to get everybody's attention. <laughs> I don't think that's right. Well, Jess is working the soundboard over there today. Woo-hoo. Uh You got anything for us? Not yet. Not yet? Okay. Uh, well, let me uh, recap Chapter 8. And then we will get into Chapter 9, where Kelly's crew is causing all kinds of problems. <laughs> chapter 8, the Quidditch World she's Cup. She's never going to come on again if you keep being into her. Oh, she'll come on. Oh, yeah, she'll come on. 
Uh, are you time? Are you gonna time me? Time me? Or what? I was going to, but then you you went off on Lady COVID tangent. That's what we do I on this forgot, show. Or, well, I got bored actually. We go off on tangents. That's what we do. Okay. It is time for the Quidditch World Cup. The Weasley crew had a prime seat in the main box. We meet Winky, Barty Crouch's house elf, saving Mr. Crouch's seat. Cornelius Fudge is here. The Bulgarian. Uh, Bulgarian minister is there. The Malfoys are there. There's no bookstore fight with Mr. Weasley this time. The Bulgarian mascots are Vila, who seduce men into following their opinion. <laughs> we can just call them ladies, though, right? Uh-huh. Isn't that just like what women do every day? I digress. The Irish mascots are leprechauns. Uh, the mascots get into a bit of a scuffle during the game after the leprechauns uh, apparently gave the Vila an obscene gesture. And uh, Bulgaria is getting their butts kicked by Ireland until Victor Crumb, the Bulgarian seeker, finally catches the snitch, ending the game with his team behind on points and his team loses. Ireland wins. Victor Crumb doesn't get the victory for his team, but he is still the star. And that was Chapter 8. 57.81. Got it in under a minute. And even got some uh, some comedy in there as well. It's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, Kelly, you weren't on the, the episode we talked about, Chapter 8, and you and I uh, got into a little bit of a disagreement over the actions of one Mr. Victor Crumb, and the fact yeah. that he was go- that you thought it was okay for him to go to uh, grab that snitch, even though he knew his team was going to lose. Explain I think it yourself. It looks much better on the scoreboard to lose by 10 than to lose by 300. So you think... He didn't have enough, because they ended up losing by 10 points, which is the equivalent of one goal. Right. You, you don't think that he had enough faith in his team to get within 150 points? I think it's less about his team and more about how good Ireland's chasers were. Um, they were pretty unstoppable. And, and if you think about it, what, they had 170 to, what was it, 10? Yeah. So I think the course of the match had already showed that Bulgaria was really not capable of catching up. But you being a big Patriots fan and just being a big football fan in general, you know that, that Coach Belichick could have called a timeout. He could have rallied. I assume Coach Belichick is, is coaching the, the Ireland team at, in this uh, in this uh, situation that I've set up in my head. Okay. Uh, he calls a timeout. He rallies the troops. He, he call, uh, sets up a few good plays, and they get right back into that game. Yeah, um, <laughs> but no. <laughs> Ireland, Ireland was winning, so that wouldn't have uh, made a difference. So I, I agree that Coach Belichick is definitely coaching Ireland. That's why they're winning 170 to 10. Mm. Oh, he's coaching Ireland. Okay, I, I misspoke. <laughs> So I'm, I'm with you that whole scenario, except for uh, it's backwards on yeah, he's behind. Just, just putting them out of their misery. He's probably cheating if he is coaching. By the way, he probably that's probably why they're winning by so much. Probably like recorded their practices and stealing their signals, and the the quaffle was a little deflated, a la Tom Brady. <laughs> You're making this really personal tonight. I don't I don't think that you can deflate a quaffle because it's a hard sided ball. So oh, I'm sure you could. There's magical means of, of deflating the quaffle. And that young magician, that young handsome magician Thomas Brady, I'm sure would find a way to do it. <laughs> so, what house would Brady be in? 
He's a Slytherin. Yeah, 100. There's no, there's no doubt. Because he's so, late at the ball. Yeah, because he's, he's a cheater. Because he's a cheater and he's very ambitious. <laughs> he's very ambitious. He's very cunning. Very resourceful. Coach Belichick also a Slytherin. Yep. Oh, 100. percent hmm. Yeah, total cheater. Do anything he can <laughs> to get to get ahead. I agree. We're we're all in agreement on this. So we all know that the winners are in Slytherin. Got yeah. it. Most of the time, yes, because they will do uh, by, by any means necessary in order to be victorious. So you're okay with Victor Crumb uh, going after the, the snitch, even though he knew he his team wasn't going to win the game. You're okay with that? Yeah. I mean, I think his team wasn't going to win the game regardless, and I think he definitely knew that. Hmm. Okay. Agree to disagree. I just want to know how they made it to the finals if they're... Well, if he was able to have early so the snitch on a regular basis, like if he could catch the snitch within a minute or two, then the other team doesn't have enough time to score all those goals. <laughs> that his bad team wasn't uh, didn't have enough time to give up so many points. <laughs> okay, that makes sense, I guess. <laughs> That's what Kelly's saying. He's saying the rest of his team is is uh, worthless. Yeah, pretty bad. Hmm. I just say that they're worthless. He's just clearly the star. Oh yeah, well it's all about him. He knows that. You know, he likes to. As long as as long as he looks good, and the team loses, he's okay with that. And you're okay with that too, right? Yeah. Okay. And Kelly, uh, Jess is okay with that too. She told me on the last show. What? <laughs> Wait. Wait. What? What? <laughs> you acted like you were okay with that. Yes, I was okay with his with his decision to end the game. I would rather lose but, by ten than lose by three hundred. Yes. Interesting. I agreed with that. Okay. Let's talk about Chapter 9. That's why we're really here today. Chapter 9 is called The Dark Mark. This is where... Uh, something actually happened in this chapter. Yeah. Things happen. Things. We didn't just pass the quaffle around for 20 pages or go from, from one scene to, to another scene and not have anything happen. Like, it had been happening in the previous eight chapters. But this is post-Quidditch Cup celebration mode. Carrying on into the evening, Harry drifts off to sleep, dreaming of one day being like his hero, Victor Crumb, when he's suddenly awakened by a panicked Mr. Weasley, saying he needs to get up, we need to get out of the tent, you need to get your clothes on. Something's going on. There was no time to put the clothes on. Something's going on. Oh, we can see Kelly. (laughs) Hey, I thought I was on the whole time, nope. and I realized it wasn't. Nope, you weren't on. You weren't, you weren't on. We now were we looking can, at ourselves the whole time. Uh, technology is difficult for Kelly. Um, That's difficult for a lot of people. Yeah, it is. Um, Kelly has um, that New York internet. Which, oh, I'm surprised we haven't lost her already. Mm-hmm. What was that sound, by the way? Are you uh, popping open a bag of chips or something there? Um, was it a snapping sound? <laughs> that... I was snapping at Posh to get her to stop licking. <laughs> the dog's <laughs> snapping a living thing's neck? No, that's our dog. Oh, yes. Oh. There's been so much murder in the last 24 <laughs> hours. I took uh, our, our both of our dogs coursing over the weekend, lure coursing, where they pretend to chase down prey and murder it. And Nightwing came home and decided to do it for real. He found four carcasses 
Four dead squirrels. Practice makes perfect. That's 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 impressive. Yeah, he's going to be even better on the fake uh, squirrel next time. Yeah. So, like we said, there's something going on. Everything kind of goes from a a sense of celebration to a sense of dread and a sense of terror. We hear screams of panic, screams of terror in the crowd, and we see this tight circle of they're hooded, right? Hooded, masks, masks. Wizards moving slowly They're afraid of COVID. across the campsite. <laughs> so credit to them for yes. masking up, by yes, the way. Yes, very nice. They were ahead of their time. They knew what was coming. Uh, that's why COVID hasn't you know, gotten... COVID hasn't really infected the Death Eater um, community? community because they, they wear masks. Yes. So credit to them. You know, for all their faults, they are doing something right. We appreciate that. We appreciate uh, uh, their sacrifice because it is it is quite an inconvenience just to wear a mask. I don't I don't really think it uh, is. People act like it. It's really the hardest part of their day. You, you just like like slip the things over your ears mm. and put it over your face. It's not hard. Yeah. How would um, who was it? Was it? Uh, was it Picasso that got his ear cut off, or who was that? Kelly? I'm Van Gogh. Van Gogh? That's, <laughs> they all cut, a, cut an ear off. How would he wear a mask? He'd have to have the ones that tie. The tie ones. Yeah, uh, the tie pine head. You still think it would kind of slip down, though, if it didn't? You'd probably have a nub, though. Can you cut the whole thing? <laughs> Something sticking out. We'll have to we'll have to look up uh, in the history books and see, like a little, to little see if star. Van Gogh had a nub. <laughs> That he could have put a mask on. A little bulge of scar tissue there. Got it. It's fine. Uh, so these wizards, they have the Muggle family. I'm guess I, it was like the campsite owners. Yes. Family suspended in the air above them. The tents are getting trampled. The uh, tents are some tents are catching fire. And Bill, Charlie, Percy, and Arthur are off to help the ministry while the others flee into the woods. And I'm guessing the ones that went off to help the ministry is because they've all graduated. Yes. So they're the they're the ones that are most prepared in order to be able to handle a situation like that. Yeah, there was a moment there when I was reading that I thought Fred and George were going because you know I've mm-hmm. finished the books, so in my brain Fred and George are older, but. I was like, well, why didn't they go? Oh, no, they're still in school, and they need to be with the other ones. And again, Fred and George to the rescue, being responsible, grabbed a hold of Jenny, and he's like, all right, let's go. And mm-hmm. I just always like to point out when they're being very responsible, because everybody acts like they're just goofballs. Especially in the movies, they're they're kind of portrayed as like the lovable, like uh, pranksters, mm-hmm. you know, that are and that they are, are, but they that are competent are wizards, but they that they're just always just messing around, always getting into trouble, and always, you know, kind of just being the, the class clowns. But they are they're very loyal, they're very uh, caring, they're uh, you know if you if you need them if you really needed them to do something and they knew that it was important, they would get get it done. You know, uh, so that's one of the fun things that that I've had with, with reading the books is just kind of seeing how the characters are portrayed in the movie versus how they're portrayed in the books. And there's a lot of 
a lot of differences there. There really are. And I think the the twins, Fred and George, are probably the one of the best examples of that. So while the crew is running into the woods, we see Draco Malfoy calmly just was he just like chilling it like just, against a tree? Just chilling, yeah. I just like kind of imagine just like arms folded, yep, like leaning. like one one leg like, like up on the over. tree. Oh, one leg. I was thinking cross the ankle. Yeah, I'm thinking of like the old like the Fonz where he had like like the cigarettes like rolled up in his sleeve, and, <laughs> and he had like the bouffant hairdo, and you know kind of had like one leg up on the, and then maybe he'd like hit the jukebox if like the jukebox. Maybe flick in the quarter. Yeah, or he he was opening and closing a uh, uh, a lighter. A lighter. <laughs> that's what uh, that, no that's what Draco was doing in the woods, and and there's a moment there where they insinuate, and I don't I think it was Ron maybe that insinuates that Draco's parents might be in the group of wizards causing the chaos, and Kelly he doesn't he doesn't disagree with this. Does he? he says, uh, if they were, I wouldn't be likely to tell you, would I? Yeah. So he doesn't doesn't really shoot it down. He he kind of I don't know. He's very calm about everything that's that's happening. Well, everybody else, literally everybody else, except for the masked villains that are <laughs> causing chaos, is upset about this, except for Draco. So, are we to assume that he knows what's going on here? Really seems like it. Okay, why are you two being so coy with me right now? <laughs> are we to are are we to assume that he is aware of what is happening right now? I think so. We, I mean, why else would he be so calm? I don't, cause I don't, cause he's a. But he also just believes that he's above all that because he's. He's pure a sociopath. Blood. Maybe that's why. because <laughs> he's pure blood. So they're not here for him. They're here for Hermione, is what he points out. They're here for the mudbloods. They're here for the muggles. But why would he know that? Unless because they're holding muggles up in the air over the, over their heads. Yeah. But... Watching that happen. And he's telling her, like, you're no better than the muggles, so better watch out. I guess I just don't understand what their... The goal of the this this group of, of wizards is that they're they're obviously like they find the only non-wizards in the area and are basically bullying them but then they're also just like messing with all the other wizards too well you've made the association with like uh, the X-Men mm-hmm. so you've got the people who follow the professor and people who follow Magneto and the Magneto people don't like the humans, they don't like the other mutants that aren't on their side, they think they're superior, they're the superior race, they should be in charge, everyone else is beneath them. And then you've got the other mutants who are like, oh, we just want to be left alone, we want to live in peace, if we have to hide our abilities, we'll hide our abilities. They just want to be, they just want to coexist peacefully and be left alone. Well, Draco has more discriminatory comments toward Hermione about her being muggle-born. And Draco seems to know that the group is 
anti-muggle are, you know, obviously, like Kelly said, by their actions, but he seems to know that they're, that's like an underlying uh, theme to their uh, to their group, or like an under, underlying mantra to the the group that they've got there. So it it does make you think that the elder Malfoys are part of this bad group. I mean, if you if you were reading the book for the first time, like like I was, would you assume that the that that the Malfoys, the the parents of uh, Draco, were part of this group? Yeah. Yes, I would. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, Harry, Ron, and Hermione get separated from Fred and George and Ginny. Uh, there is a brief mention of, uh, Kelly, how do I pronounce this? Bobatons? I think they say Bobatons. Bobatons? Mm-hmm. Bobatons. Bobatons, yes. Bobatons. Uh, that sounds like, uh. Bobobo. Bobatons sounds like a, uh, like an off brand margarine or something like that. Huh. Okay. <laughs> We're like, uh, what do you want? Oh, I'll just put some Bobatons on it. It's like, it's not butter, but it's, it's like that, I can't believe it's not butter stuff. Bobatons. <laughs> it's spread, is it's what it is. It's spread. Uh, there's a, so there's a brief mention of Bobatons, as, uh, that's why Kelly's here. Uh, to, to tell me how that I'm incorrectly pronouncing, uh, things from the books that she loves. Uh, which is like a French magic school? Like, oui, yes. oui, oui. Oui, oui. Merci beaucoup. Baguettes. Baguettes. Uh, poisson. Just fish. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying croissant. Uh, <laughs> discotheque. <laughs> Bibliotheque. S'il vous plaît. S'il vous plaît. Um, I took French for two years and don't. I, I did not. I did. Je m'appelle Dan. <laughs> And I don't remember uh, hardly any of it, but I did. I did recommend. I did recognize a little bit of. I did recognize that they were talking French at least. There you go. <laughs> worth it. All those years. It, of study. it was worth it. So we get a mention of that, and when we see these uh, the female French students in the woods. So this is the the second mention in this book of other wizarding schools. Because there was a mention when they first got to the campsite, uh, I believe Hermione, when she saw uh, other wizarding kids of their age, and like, hey, we don't know them, they don't go to Hogwarts. And she's like, well, maybe they go to this school or this school. I read about it in, uh, you know, one of the books that you read. (laughs) I'm sure you got some book drop over there. Some book? No, I don't think I have any books. Oh, here. Play books, Catholics. So, that's a little foreshadowing for later on in the book, right, ladies? Maybe. Why you got to be so coy with me? (laughs) Woman, stop it. We're not going to give you hints and spoil anything for you. To make things worse, Harry has lost his wand. Kelly, he's a bit careless with that wand. I think this is... uh, Many times in the several books that we've read, Harry has had his wand either like taken away from him or uh, 
misplaced. Misplaced or whatever. What is going on with Harry and the, and, and this wand? Why is he so careless? Yeah, I mean, uh, I definitely think he should do a better job of keeping track of it since it's his most valuable weapon and he is a, a huge target for, uh, <laughs> for Voldemort and his supporters, so I don't know why he would just leave it laying around. Um, but, I mean, if they had, if he w- hadn't wanted to cast the Lumo spell, then he wouldn't have even known it was gone. He didn't even check before he left the tent to make sure I like, got my wand, like... Well, they so- were in a panic, and he didn't get a chance to put his pants on. I mean, where do you put a wand if you don't have your pants on? In your hand. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it... Do you think there is some sort of... Because I know... For people that lose their keys a lot, they have the little things you can put on your key and, like, track it with your smartphone. Do they have something like that in the wizarding community, maybe? No, but if the wand happens to be nearby and you say Lumos, it'll still light up. So, uh, you just gotta be near it. <laughs> yeah, that's what he sh- He should have just run around going, Lumos! <laughs> Lumos! <laughs> Like a, like a, like the puppy that got lost and they're just yelling, like, whiskers! I guess that'd be a cat. Puppies have whiskers. Yeah, but you ever, you ever heard of a puppy named Whiskers? No. no. But they have them, so why not? I don't know. You've heard of, like, uh, like, uh, bunnies named Whiskers? Kelly, get a puppy and name it Whiskers. Uh, we can see Kelly's puppy right now. Uh, she's, uh, on camera right now. Yeah. Just staring, just staring at Staring at the back of Kelly's head. <laughs> you could, you could feel those eyes burning a hole in the back of your head. Pay attention to me. So, I mean, I gotta find out where the we're at. The wand right now. is missing. Yeah, the, he's, he's just careless. This is not the first time this has happened. He's just like all willy nilly about his wand. And you've never lost your keys. Okay, so. <laughs> But your keys are not, like, they don't save your life. You know, the worst that happens, you can't go anywhere. That's like having a gun, like, that you carry everywhere, and you just, like, leave it laying places. Or you just, like, leave it out where somebody could, could grab it. Or you're, you're just, like, twirling it in your finger, so somebody can just walk up and just, like, uh, snatch it from you, or it could fall out of your hand and somebody else could pick it up. He's very careless, and I'm very disappointed in him. Uh, we come across Winky in the woods. Yes. And you girls are going to have to help me out with this because I know this is probably going to be like a spoilerish thing that you can't tell me, but I'm going to ask anyway. I was very confused by how Winky was moving. Like, Winky was, was, the way it was, I thought it was like poorly described in the book, or maybe it was meant to be vague. But it seemed like like she was running, and it's almost like a like a weekend at Bernie's situation, where like she was like not in control of like her arms and her legs. So is Winky like being controlled? It said it seemed like there was like a force like holding her back. Is it? Is spoiler. it? Is it something that this is spoilers? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if it was just, like, something with elves, like, if they, like, ran away from their post or something, they had some kind of, like, enchantment to, like, bring them back or something, like, kind of like a, like an invisible fence kind of thing. Well, that's pretty much what the kids 
decide is the, the issue that she's fighting her orders to stay where she was. Okay, so it's spoilers. So I knew, I knew, I knew you weren't gonna be able to tell me anything. You two never tell me anything. You never tell me anything. Just saying. Um, I'm also confused why Ludo Bagman is just hanging out in the woods. Is this spoilers too? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he was having a private rendezvous. Okay. Maybe he was hiding from somebody he made a bet with that didn't pay off. He's just hanging out in the woods. First of all, creepy. Yeah, creepy. Old man just hanging out in the woods. And everybody comes running, and he's like, oh, what's going on? I, You know, I, my first assumption was that he was running away, too. But no, he seems to not be aware of anything that's going on. The kids just kind of run into him. And he has no idea what's going on, and then he goes running in the, in the other direction. Of course, Kelly is telling me spoilers, because we can't have a discussion about anything. I got all these questions. Keep reading. So, Ludo Bagman, just hanging out in the woods. Hanging out in the woods. Okay. Maybe he couldn't sleep. Maybe he's a sleepwalker. Okay. Uh, the kids sense someone in the woods near them, but they can't see them. Uh, can one of you explain the Mosmodre? Mosmodre? How do you say it? Mosmodre? Kelly. Kelly. Uh, that's close enough. I mean... <laughs> Uh, ex- explain that it. spell to me. That is the the incantation for the the dark mark, as so, the chapter is titled. So the basically all that does is make this mark appear in the sky. Yes. Or can you make it like appear like like we used to have those things when we were a kid where you put the little thing on the flashlight and you shine it on the wall and it would shine like a little picture on the wall. <laughs> Can you just, like, make it, like, appear on a wall or, like, make it appear, like, in your coffee or, like, if you're at Starbucks, you go, Mos Modre, and a little dark mark shows up in your, in your, your coffee phone? phone? I don't know. I mean, I don't know that it was ever used that way because the intent was um, to put it over a dwelling where somebody had been murdered. So they wanted it to be high in the sky where you could see we killed somebody here. That'd be, like, a, a weird way to, like, tell somebody, like, dude, I'm coming for you. Like, just have it, like, show up in their coffee. And you look across the... <laughs> maybe, maybe they did that to the people the they were getting ready to kill before they killed them. And then they left it outside, too. So basically, the only thing that this spell does is just present the dark mark, correct? Yes. Yeah, it, like, slithers around a little bit. Does it? In the movies, it does. I thought it was just, like, uh, like some low-tier, like, fireworks, like, in the sky. But, but it's, more than it that. stays. Not just like a pop, look at that, and it's gone. Interesting. It's there. Stays okay. for a long time. But this is not a spell that just... Tell me about, like, who can do this spell. Because they were making it sound like, oh, it's impossible that these kids could know it. It doesn't seem like just making a picture appear in the, in the sky is, like, that hard of a spell to do. It's kind of it's, To me, it seems like a Lumos kind of thing. Well, it also, I mean, seemingly would have been a, a spell that Voldemort invented. So unless you were part of the Death Eater group, 
I mean, that incantation, Hermione's not going to find that in the standard book of spells grade four. So you would have to know someone who has been part of the inner circle to even know what the incantation was to cast it. Okay. You could do like a knockoff one, but it wouldn't be the real thing. So it'd be like a... Because you'd have to like invent it. Like the Walmart version of like Frosted Flakes. <laughs> Just not as good. So yeah, you'd have to be have the original from Baltimore. My mom used to buy like a box of like real cereal and we'd get so excited and then we'd eat it. And then she would buy like a like a bag of the fake cereal and put it in the box of the real cereal. To, like try to trick us, but there you you can tell the difference between those those bagged cereals, right? Back me up, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, malto meal. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I thought you liked the. Didn't you guys have like a theory that one of them was the same? Yeah, the Oreo ones. Apparently, they're made in the same factory or something like that. They used to have marshmallows in them, though. They don't have marshmallows in them anymore. It's not the same. Uh, but everyone is freaking out about this dark mark, which is the the, ap- the aforementioned name of our chapter. Everybody's freaking out about the dark mark except for Harry. Because he doesn't know what it is. He's just always, like, he throws around Voldemort, like, willy-nilly, and everybody's like, Oh, Who, no, 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 you can't, you can't say that. <laughs> you guys talking about Voldemort over there? <laughs> what Vol- what do you think Voldemort's doing right now? He just he's just not not is he just not phased by it because the whole, the Voldemort thing I mean is he not phased by it because he's faced him down literally since he was a baby or is he just not been in the wizarding world long enough to to get the like the the boogeyman stories built up about Voldemort you think? Yeah, I mean, he grew up in the muggle world knowing nothing about it. So even though most of his classmates, or all of his classmates, weren't really alive or they were very small during the era of Voldemort, their parents were, and they they remember that quite vividly. I'm sure, you know. If they, you if you think back to book one, um, you know, he asks Dumbledore at the end of book one, he says something, and he starts to call him you-know-who, and Dumbledore says, no, say the name. Mm-hmm. So, like, he thought he should go to saying you-know-who when he was 11, and Dumbledore pretty much told him, like, don't do not do that, we don't want to increase the fear of his name, like, just say it. So he, he ran with it after that. Gotcha. So Harry and, and Dumbledore are the only two that, <laughs> that uh, don't have any problems saying that name. But the display in the sky, Harry is just kind of like, oh, what is that? And But everybody else is freaking out. And so the, this mysterious person in the woods who conjures this uh, dark mark in the sky, the ministry crew kind of zeroes in on the source and the spot where that, where that came from. And I, I was I was really confused because the kids are obviously nearby there, and the the ministry crew kind of comes in, and they've got, like, wands, like, pointed at them. They're, like, really convinced that these kids are the ones that did this, which 
we'd later find out is seemingly impossible for that to be the case, that these kids would have been able to to do this. So why would these these educated members of the Ministry of Magic be so convinced that they're the ones that it had to have been them. It was them. They, they, they did it. I, I was very confused by that, like how aggressive they were well, with the kids. Really, it was just a few that were super convinced. The, everybody else was kind of like, oh. They had them all circled. They had, it had them but encircled that was before and like they pinned down and, and ready to... No, they, they did. They shot as soon as they got there. Like ready to drop the hammer on them. And uh, Harry had to knock everybody down and all the spells went over, over top of him. Mm-hmm. But um, once they realized it was kids, they were most of them were, oh, well, it wasn't them. Just a couple were still adamant that it was them. But it, I mean, but it's also, it wasn't until Arthur Arthur had to come in and like screaming, like, "That's my son! That's my son!" That's like the only reason they didn't. They seemed like they were ready to like take care of those kids right then. <laughs> but it's also there's so much panic going on. I think it was just so they're just assaulting children. Because they could, they're panicked? They could have been the children of Death Eaters that were part of it. You don't know. But Arthur said it wasn't, and they were all kind of calmed down. Well, most of them. Okay. Everybody was so... There were so many that were so sure that the kids did this. And that really... Based on what we learned, like, like just like a page or two later, that there's no way that these kids could have been able to... Conjure. Apparently, this spell is so difficult to learn that you need to have somebody who's very competent being able to to teach you, and then have somebody competent enough to be able to uh, perform the spell. Which is but they come to that conclusion pretty quickly. Like they they come in guns blazing because that's where they know the mark was fired from, and then. You know, after the initial firing, they all kind of like, oh yeah, like these kids didn't do it. Uh, see, you say it, they came to it pretty quickly. I, to me, it took a long time of them <laughs> basically like pointing wands at these, which is like like pointing a gun at kids, you know, in the street. It's not pointing a gun. It's like pointing a taser. They're just gonna stun them. Okay. <laughs> it was dark, and they were in a pile on the ground. And then they got up, and they were still like, oh, it's kids, but they could be still be bad kids. And then Arthur's like, hey, no, no, it's my son, stop. And then they all kind of calmed down. Well, as you said, Jess, the ministry had done some kind of broad-spectrum spell that kind of knocked out anything that was in the area, right? And the only one they found that, that had been knocked out in the area where the the dark mark originated from was Winky. And they're thinking, could Winky have done this? Uh, Winky had picked up... Winky would need a wand to do this, right? Right. And then we find out that Winky had picked up Harry's wand. So, Kelly, Winky's story was that she was running into the woods and she saw the wand and then just picked it up? That was her story? That was the story, yep. So, she just saw a wand laying there, and she was like, oh, free wand? Or she was like, oh, this wand probably belongs to somebody. I 
would think she knew it belonged to somebody, but they're also not supposed to have it. So I could see where she'd be really conflicted with, should I pick it up and return it to somebody and they'd be grateful, or I could get in trouble just for touching it. But she doesn't know who, it's not like it says, like, property of Harry Potter on it. No, but she could give it to wizards, they'd probably be able to figure it out. Like Lost and Found. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly and I are in lockstep on that. I'm sure lots of things were lost at the Clues uh, World Cup and that there would be a lost and found somewhere. Well, the only one losing his wand is Harry, because he does it all the time. <sighs> so, is, is it possible for... Because Winky is going to get accused of this, and then that's going to lead to a whole other set of accusations. But before we get that, is it possible that, that Winky could have done this? Because we know that house elves possess some magic. But are... Are house elves capable capable of doing wizarding incantations? Are they? I I don't know how. What's like the power level of like a house elf to like a wizard with a wand? I mean, my understanding is that the ability would be there, but they are not allowed to use them. Um, and since house elves are by nature very obedient to their masters, I don't believe that they attempt it. But my understanding is that they could use it. Yeah, I would assume that they could, or else why would you make it illegal? And they can do things, like, without a wand? Yes. So... They have, like, their own version of magic. Part of goblins, because goblins work magic differently also, and goblins are also not allowed wands. Hmm. Basically, only the human wizards in which are allowed wands. Are any other species allowed to, like, study at Hogwarts or anything like that? Not technically, but, like, you know, Hagrid was, like, half giant. So, I mean, he's of mixed heritage. Mm -hmm. So, and he was allowed to study at Hogwarts. And Lupin, I guess, but that's only because Dumbledore was the headmaster. And he was, wasn't he like, oh, was he a student first? Or was he bit when he was young? I think he was bit before he was to go to Hogwarts, because they said they planted the tree the year he came, so they planted it because he was coming. Okay. Yeah. I think I remember. I think he wasn't going to come, because they didn't think it was safe, and then Dumbledore said, no, we can figure this out. I kind of just wondered if it was like a Green Lantern situation, where like, like, a Green Lantern can be, like, any race in the galaxy. Like, they even have, like, a squirrel one, they've got, like, a dog one, and they've got, like, human ones, and they've got other species of aliens. But you're saying, like, only... I Did it say something in the chapter about how, like, only human wizards are allowed to, to have wands? Yes. Okay. So technically, Hagrid shouldn't even have his... What's he got? Like his, his stickers? His umbrella? His umbrella. Well, no, yeah. technically he shouldn't have his umbrella because he was kicked out of Hogwarts and never finished school. But, but they allow school, so it must be like a, if you have any human in you, then you count kind of deal. Yeah. Like the human is the dominant side, I guess. Well, when Winky becomes the prime suspect, some of the blame 
and I forget who who kind of put the blame on him, but some of the blame gets kind of shifted to Nikki's master, which is Barty Crouch. Well, they said somebody would have had to have taught her. Mm-hmm. Same thing as like the kids, somebody would have had to have taught them to do it. So where would Nikki have learned it? Right, and there and there is a lot of there's a lot of meat on that bone there because where was Barty Crouch at the at the match? Yeah, he was missing. I totally like missed that. Like I know she was there holding a seat, but then all the other excitement was going on. I just never, I guess, realized that he didn't show up. You know, Winky is his elf, so could potentially have taught her. Uh, did he maybe instruct Winky to steal Harry's wand? Maybe Harry didn't drop his wand at all. Maybe his wand was stolen. You know that that possibility wasn't wasn't brought up. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that just kind of popped in my head. Like as soon as as soon as I started accusing everybody, I was like, yeah, yeah, you did it. <laughs> I would have been the worst one to be in the, in that. You would have been. I would I would have been I would have been brandishing my wand at everybody. I would have had it pointed at everybody in there. As soon as you give me any kind of of evidence, I would have run with. it. I would have been the worst one to be in there. <laughs> Because I, I was I was all like, yeah, yeah, you did it. You Everything did it. sounded good. <laughs> that sounds right. That sounds right. And just like playing push the button with Dan, he's accusing everybody. But mm. I'm usually right, though. Mm. More than half the time. I don't know. More than half the time, I'm right. I think... For those of you not aware, push the button is one of those Jackbox uh, online trivia games where two people in the game are aliens, and the rest of you have to try to go through a series of tests to try to figure out who the aliens are, and the aliens have to try to mislead you. So it's kind of a big deception game, uh, deception and teamwork. It's a lot of fun, and I am usually, you have to push the button when you think you know who it is, and I always know who it is right off the bat. It's always Jess and Kelly. <laughs> it's not always Jess and Kelly. But I'm right more than half the time. Because it is us a lot of the time. Like, you would pick it that it was us, even if it wasn't us. But for some reason, the computer oddly picks us a lot. So instead of giving, you get, you won't even give me credit on this. No. You're you, so, you just go into it before we've even been assigned. You are, are already the, saying that it's us. That's the state of We're our marriage. We're getting ready to start the game. You won't Haven't even, even give started me the credit. game yet. You're like, it's going to be Justin Kelly. And Kelly's like, oh, man, he's on to us. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't been picked yet. We don't even know who's the alien, you and you're already saying us. You won't even give me credit on this. this. This means nothing. It's like when this you're at the nothing. grocery store or at any store, and you go, I always pick the worst line. That's true, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> I always get in the line that has, like, the lady writing a check. Um, <laughs> it just seems like it. You have no idea what's going on in the other lines. Kelly, what's but it like up in New York? They, have a lot of, uh, the they got a lot line. of check writers up there. Well, so uh, I I do my grocery shopping at Target, and so I self check out. And if you self check out, writing a check is not an option. See, that's I like that. I like that a lot. I just didn't know if like the like in Manhattan where you live, like what the the age uh, skews toward older, or younger. I would think it would. Well, I don't know. I, I would it's think. A lot of check writing. If you're not willing to use a credit card in the self checkout, a lot of people pay cash. 
Remember using cash? Mambo? Can't, no, there's a coin shortage, There's a coin shortage. You can't get, yeah, you can use cash, but you can't get change back. Because <laughs> we've got a coin shortage. The gas stations are like offering to buy your coins right now. I just drove up to Wisconsin and the tolls in Illinois were closed. The, the automatic pass, you could still do. Like everybody went through the automatic pass and I guess it's still scanning it. But the actual toll booths where you can drop the coins in, they're closed. You can't do it. It's barreled off. You can't even go over in those lanes. So how do you get through? You, just, you have to go through the, the iPass thing. But you don't. But it's free. I guess so. You're gonna get a bill in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> by mail. Yeah, but you're gonna you're gonna get a, you're gonna get a summons in the mail for all those tolls you pass. There's only two. But it was a dollar ninety. Wow! 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 Awesome. There's a one toll in Rockford, right when you're going around Rockford, Illinois. It's a dollar ninety. That better be a really nice highway. It's not. It was all construction. I was backed up everywhere. I was really annoyed. What is that money going then? For the construction, pay the construction guys. Barrel across Washington Bridge into Manhattan would cost you fifteen dollars. What? <laughs> it's a really nice bridge. Are you serious? I'm serious, and that's with the uh, the easy pass. That's with the slight discount. Otherwise, it's like eighteen. To cross a bridge? Yeah. Why? But you don't have to pay anything to go to New Jersey because nobody wants to go there. To New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> they pay you to go to New Jersey, <laughs> and still nobody goes there. That's insane. Fifteen dollars to cross a bridge? Well, the yeah. alternative is that scary underwater tunnel. But that, you have to pay for that too. It's not free. What? <laughs> Nobody wants to go in that. So, so it's actually a really good deal to like just take so, the, take the bus or whatever from the, like the airport or take yeah. the bus anywhere, right? The yeah. little shuttle bus. Is that just to, to entice you to use public transportation? Probably. Or to carpool. Wow. That's terrible. Shame on you, New York. <laughs> Bunch of Slytherins running things up there. Wow. Uh, like I said, the blame gets shifted to Barty Crouch Sr. Lots of accusations there. Uh, lots of accusations that make sense. And Harry finally learns what Death Eaters are. What's Death Eaters? Kelly, explain to us what Death Eaters are. So, Death Eaters are Voldemort's supporters that believe he's doing the right thing and help him carry out his missions in order to take over. So, they've been around for a while and they kind of just went into hiding when, when the fall yes. of Voldemort? Yes. So, many of them claimed they were under the uh, Imperious Curse and they were bewitched and so it wasn't their actions were not of their own doing. I'm going to use that next time I'm, uh, next time I do something. I'm like, ah, I was cursed! Curse. I didn't know what I was doing. Wouldn't me. Imagine if that could like get you out of like trouble like in, in Muggle Court. Oh man, I was cursed. I don't know what to tell you. I mean to rob that bank, but I'm I'm better now. I fun spending the money though. Wait, what? I was cursed. I was cursed. The money was cursed. We're all cursed. So these are uh these are death eaters. They wear they all wear the masks. And the hoods and do bad things. What do the masks look like? Like a like a Jason Voorhees like hockey mask or? I don't think it was really described. Well, they're in the movies though, right? Yeah, they're in the movies. 
What are we look What are we looking at for Death Eaters here? I'm gonna look it up on the. Well, he is just this black, scary-looking face. Death Eater mask. Oh, those are creepy. Hey, those are silver. I was thinking they were black ones. Kelly, you're our resident uh, Slytherin here. What's What's the question? <laughs> <laughs> what color were the Death Eater masks? What do the Death Eater masks look like? Is it bad? Uh, I think that's how it was. I mean, I I'm not a Death Eater. I'm a, a happy Slytherin, but that looks like Doctor Doom in that bad yeah, Fantastic that's... Four movie. I don't know if I pictured him to be metallic that way. I kind of pictured it to be just kind of like a white face covering, like a kind of like a KKK mask, I guess. Whoa, but. whoa, whoa! It's just pure evil, basically. <laughs> pure the, evil in the form of the a mask. Per, the personification of pure evil. In the form of a mask. That would be. Uh, evil, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, I guess that's a pretty good comparison, though. So. We're, we're pretty much to the end of the chapter here, and I've got it kind of got like my list of suspects here. Is and it really long? Um, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you suspect. <laughs> I everybody. suspect everybody except the Hufflepuffs. They couldn't have possibly done this. So, I think the Ludo Bagman thing is sketchy. Sketchy. That and what did what did he say when he went running off? Like uh, he said something like. Uh, like what are they what are they doing now or something like that or what are they up to now? It seemed like he kind of knew, knew something on. about something. So you're saying it was Ludo Bagman in the forest with the wand? Yes, with with the, the candlestick. <laughs> in the uh, conservatory, <laughs> with with the revolver, exactly. Um, the Malfoys, of course, they were at uh, the, the Quidditch game. Uh, that is definitely a possibility there. They're possibly in the group of baddies, but, you know, they, they could be anywhere causing trouble. They could be in that, in that group of, of people knocking over people's tents, you know, across the, uh, across the campsite. One of them could have been the one who sent up the dark mark. It could be Voldemort himself. We have not seen Voldemort in a long time. You foul, loathsome, evil little cockroach! It could be Hermione, like, <laughs> like Jess is insinuating there. I'll, I can get on board with that. No, you would just have to tell me one thing. I'd be like, oh, she did it. She did it. She knows a lot of stuff. She, she reads spent, a lot of books. She always does bad stuff every book. She's like, oh, I follow all the rules, and I, I never get into trouble, but I'm going to break all these rules this book. <laughs> she is she, a little two-faced with what she... Uh, you know, what she kind of uh, presents on the outside and what she actually ends up doing. So Jess thinks it's Hermione. No. Um, it could be Voldemort himself kind of rallying the troops for his revival. Uh, it could be Wormtail. We have not seen Wormtail in a while. I would say Voldemort and Wormtail are not likely because the last time we did see them, they said they weren't going to make any moves until after the World Cup. Well, but it is, it it is, is after. after the World Cup, Kelly. <laughs> It is after the World Maybe Cup. Maybe they meant right after. The thing for that was because there's going to be so many Ministry of Magic officials there, which there still are. So that, that condition is not lifted. And there's lots of evidence against Barty Crouch. His health, his, his health. His elf was in the area with a wand. He was not at the big event earlier that you would have think, you would have thought he would have, uh, be at. 
he kind of came off as a bit of a pretentious jerk in the uh, in the interaction we had with him uh, earlier. I like how he was like, "Why else would Percy like him so much?" Exactly. Of all of the people in the world, the two least likely people would be me and Harry Potter. What did uh, what did he call Percy? Weatherby. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, shut up, Weatherby! That's what the twins say later. <laughs> yeah, he he uh, per, he being Percy uh, worships at the altar of Barty Crouch. <laughs> he doesn't even. Uh, Barty Crouch doesn't even know his name. Thank you for the tea, Weatherby. Uh, that's pretty much the end of the chapter here. Uh, Jess, while we were, you were reading this a couple days ago, you told me that, I don't remember what you said about comparing it to the movie, but you were saying that there were, like, you were having a hard time, like, picturing what the, the movie was. Yeah, no, I was just saying. Was, or what was, what were you saying about that? In this scene in the movie, it's just kind of like dark chaos, and, I don't know, I just, from watching the movie, I never really got a clear picture. Like, a lot of times you'll read the book, and then you'll see the movie, and you're like, oh, you know, and it kind of, like, sharpens your picture that you have in your head. It's like that episode of Game of Thrones in the last season, where it was so dark that you couldn't see anything that was going on. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's pretty much what this scene Kelly is. Kelly knows what we're talking about. It, it was, yeah, it's just dark, and it's chaos, and I it just didn't really help me help clarify what was going on. It, like, it made it... <laughs> Less clear. Say that again, Kelly. You uh, faded out for a second. Uh, dark with a little bit of fire. That Game of Thrones episode. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, please light something on fire so I can see what's going on. <laughs> please, dragons, light this whole thing on fire so I can see what's going on. We needed some dragons is what we needed here. Mm-hmm. In this chapter. I think that would have made it more crazy. No, because um, which one of the Weasley boys is really good with dragons? Bill? Charlie. Charlie? Yeah, him too. Yeah. <laughs> all of them. All of them. Should it's like the be? Rhino Boys when they're like, Dan, Bill, Buddy! And she starts, buddy was she the starts dog. naming the dogs. <laughs> there's just there's just too many. There's too many to, to keep track of. Um, you, so you're just saying it was just kind of hard to... Follow? Follow, yeah. I just, I didn't like the scene. I just, it wasn't... In the movie. In the movie. Like, I, uh, what I was trying to say when we were talking about was I was kind of looking forward to reading this again Mm -hmm. so that I could kind of, like, erase the scene from the movie because I, that didn't really help me picture anything and just go with what is actually in the book. Kelly, you are a, um, very open about your love of the books and very open about how you are not as fond of the movies. Is that right? That is correct. So what what really is it about the movies that, that doesn't jive well with you? Is it just you don't feel like it's an accurate representation of the books? And I, or... I will say there's a slight caveat. So the first two movies I like a lot because they're very in line with the book. The third one is still pretty good for me. Um, and the fourth one is where it starts to go downhill because they do a combination of, one, leaving out things that I wanted to see and then sometimes even adding in something that wasn't there. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. 
So you're telling me you had to cut things out, but you could make up stuff that didn't happen. Hmm. I mean, that doesn't... <laughs> I don't like that. Interesting. Jess, you were kind of nodding your head in agreement yeah. with that. Well, and I always say that this is my least favorite movie. But the book is still good. I mean, I, I like the book. I like what happens in the book, but I just, this movie kind of irks me. I'll tell you what, though. We're, we're nine chapters in. This is the first time something's happened. <laughs> I mean, I guess we have the chapter where, like, Voldemort killed the, the groundskeeper. Yeah. But, I don't know. I mean, this has been, like, really... Slow start. Uneventful. I, I feel like you could have... I feel like if the nine chapters we read were a movie, it would be ten minutes. Like, you could have, like, like knocked all this out in ten minutes. Yeah. Or less, I think. They knock it out in less. Like, we could have had, like, a Rocky, like, montage. <laughs> oh, it's on fire! Kelly knows what I'm talking about. The Rocky family. I watched like a week ago. There you go. See, she knows what I'm talking about. I feel like right. we could have just had like a Rocky montage and just knocked out these these nine chapters, and then we got Dark Mark, and now we're off. Yeah. We haven't even gotten to Hogwarts yet, girls. Maybe we'll get there soon. When are we going to Hogwarts? What's Not the, next chapter. What's the? <laughs> <laughs> nope. What's the next chapter? Next chapter, <laughs> Mayhem at the Ministry. Well, that sounds promising. Mayhem. I like Mayhem. I that seems like something's really gonna happen, like right. and not just the the twins uh, sending poop to Percy <laughs> at the ministry. That was very important poop. What kind of poop was it? Dragon. It was dragon. AKA human. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way they found some dragon poop and sent it. They pooped. Maybe they have Charlie send him a sample. <laughs> no. Or Bill. They totally. <laughs> They totally, yeah, or Bill, who's also good with dragons, as, <laughs> as everybody knows. They totally pooped in a bag, went to the Wizarding Post Office. Well, they live, like, out in the country. Maybe they got some, like, cow poop or something. I, I don't, I don't want to think of the Weasley's pooping what, in a bag. What are those little guys or that uh, were always messing with their garden? They're gnomes? Yeah. Maybe, I don't know if they poop, though, but... Maybe they they like little tiny pellets, like gerbil pellets. I don't think. Do gnomes wear pants, right? No. Are they Are they Winnie the Pooh in it? Or are they got, like, no, a shirt they on? don't wear anything. They wear anything. Did you read the the illustrated edition? No, those are too big. I, I was reading the illustrated edition for a little while, but then like they're so big, they're like the size of this table. It's so hard to like to hold and turn the pages. It's unwieldy. Well, I meant, like, didn't you look through it? It's like it? the milk at Costco. It's unwieldy. You, you can't possibly You read hold it. the book, book, and then you just peruse the illustrated edition. I guess I'm just thinking of, like, garden gnomes with, like, little hats on. And... Yeah. We're not talking about those guys. And the white beards? No. Yeah. We're not talking about those guys. Okay. Okay. Uh, anything else uh, you girls want to add about this chapter before we uh, call it a day? I'm good. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, maybe the only other thing is uh, that Hermione just takes such a big interest in Winky. I mean, this is her first exposure to, like, household treatment, so that it kind of sets that off here. Yeah, we didn't really talk about how, you know, Ron, Ron isn't mean about Winky, but 
Hermione, in, in her impression of what he says, where she talks about, like, uh, she says something like, you're treating her like she's, like, a lesser creature. And Ron's kind of like, well, isn't she? Like, he's not really doing it to be mean. I think that, is that just kind of, like, it's the like, wizarding upbringing? Yeah. Like, like the, the, the idea of house elves in the, in the wizarding world? House elves and, like you said, other creatures. Mm-hmm. Like they're just lesser. But they don't feel that way about, like, muggles. Like, Ron doesn't feel that way about muggles. Well, they're still human, but... So he's just, he's just discriminatory against other, uh, beings. Other beings. <laughs> Draco hates everybody other than uh, pure-blood pure wizard humans. And Ron just hates all of the other beings. And I don't know if it's, like, particular to Ron's family because his dad has, like, this odd curiosity with them, with muggles. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's just Ron and his family. Maybe other wizards are still... I mean, they might not be... I mean, obviously, some of them. And I don't think Ron. I don't think Ron hates house elves. He just. I yeah, I don't think he does either. But he. Go ahead. I was just gonna say that they're kind of known for liking to do the house work, and so Hermione sees it as a big deal that they're being forced to do all the labor and not having wages. Mm-hmm. And Ron's kind of like, but that's just how it is. Yeah, that's what makes them happy. Yeah. That's like what makes them content. So. Yeah, I don't think he's he's saying it in like a mean way. He's just kind of been taught that that's the nature of things, and that's that makes the the people happy because they get stuff done in their house. It makes the house elf happy because it gives them a purpose. That's just kind of what he's been, you know, been meant to, led to believe his whole life. And Hermione coming at it from you know the Muggleborn aspect is just, I guess she has just more compassion for for every everybody, you know. she Her parents are 100% muggle. And so she she was born to probably, you know, I'm sure they, they raised her to care about her fellow man. And then, you know, now that she's a part of the wizarding community, I think a lot of that, those, those same intrinsic things in her are probably, probably come through... Uh, about all the all the different beings that she's learning about in the wizarding world. Well, it's probably hard for her to kind of sort out because we don't have an equivalent, really, in the human in the Muggle world. Mm-hmm. So she sees these creatures that are kind of treated like animals, but they're intelligent and they talk and they they have feeling. You know, they are vocal about their feelings. They can just straight up tell you, "I'm afraid of heights." And that's hard for her to process. I mean, it kind of reminds me of, of, you know, slavery here in our country. And she calls it slavery yeah. in, the, in the chapter. But, I mean, especially if she was, you know, if she was aware of, of Muggle history, which I'm sure, you know, she, she was. was. You know, the fact that, you know, that, that slaves, you know, from 
but from way way before the Civil War all the way up to the Civil War were regular human beings, but were treated like lesser than, you know. Everything about them is the same as as the master, except for the the color of their skin. Yet they were treated like a a lesser being, and when when you hurt them, they they scream. When you hurt them, they cry. You know, they they bleed just like you, but they're just treated like like they were from another planet, basically. And you know, maybe she's making some kind of connection there. You know, we the majority of us. <laughs> were brought up believing that slavery was this horrible thing that happened in history and that it is wrong and that it we should never even, you know, we need to learn our history so we're, you know, not doomed to repeat it. And maybe she kind of, you know, carries that over to the wizarding world as well. But Ron would be more like the child who was brought up during the time exactly. period where there was slavery. That's just how it is. Exactly. And, you know, also for him, if his family does not have a house elf, but if they did, it wouldn't be mistreated like some of these other examples that we've met have been. So it just might be harder for him to even comprehend that that, that there would be a house elf that wouldn't like that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Well said. Well said. Good, Good comparison there. I love the discussion. Kelly, thank you for joining us on, uh, this edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. Uh, we will punch your punch card next time we see you because uh, when you're... I, is this the second show you've been on? Yep. Okay, so once you get to five, you get Ooh. a free small coffee. So I don't drink coffee. It's so. a small coffee. It can't. Uh, sorry, it's not It's not transferable to any other beverage. So. What about a uh, Dr. Pepper cream soda? Nope. Spot no, it's just a coffee, a small coffee. Huh. Where did we, where did we come up with coffee? That's just standard. That's just kind of it's, it's standard. Okay, well, just. I'm not making it. Coffee either. Yeah. We no, don't coffee's have, the worst. We don't have coffee in this house. Coffee, coffee's so worst. You, you can give me some sweets. I'd take a donut. Kelly. We have Laffy sweets. Taffy. Give we me have, one of those. Uh, you know, I'm craving some Old Town donuts. I haven't had one in a long time. So. Man, I wish I could taste an Old Town donut. I'm still, still. Uh, give me one of those those maple Long Johns. I'm still. Uh, you get the ones with bacon on them. Um, I haven't had one from there, but I do like maple bacon together. Yeah, Jess, you ever had them on the bacon donuts? You're a big fan of donuts. You're a big fan of bacon. I don't think I've had a bacon donut. Interesting. I've had... Seems like the kind of girl that would like that. The last time we went... Well, not the last time we went, but there was a time that I went with a friend and we, like, got, like, the weirdest ones they had. Mm-hmm. Most elaborate... Well, not weird, but elaborate ones they had. They had, like, this Oreo cream stuffed mm. one. It was... I remember tasting food. It was, it was a great. bit overpowering. It was great. Thanks, COVID. And on that uh, sad note, we're going to wrap up this edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. Thanks to Kelly in Manhattan for joining us on her second visit to the uh, Broomsticks and Butterbeer podcast. Uh, for Jessica Rhino, I'm Dan Rhino. Thank you for everybody for downloading, listening, and subscribing. You can follow us on Twitter at Broomsticks. Butterbeer, or no, that's not that's not what it is. It's at, at Broomsticks B <laughs> on Twitter, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com is the email address. Let me say that again because I nailed it the first time. At Broomsticks B on Twitter. Twitter tweets. 
broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com if you want to send us an email and uh, we will give you a shout out on the air. And we've got to go because we've got online trivia starting in a Woo-hoo! few minutes, girls, with our friends Austin and Jack at the, the People's Trivia Company. So follow them on, uh, they say they don't really use Twitter that much, but just follow them on YouTube. And that, that's where you can uh, be alerted when the games are starting. And it's free online trivia every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 7 o'clock to about 10 o'clock Pacific time which would be about from 9 to 11 Central Time, which would be about from 10 to midnight-ish for Kelly Aww. over on the East Coast. Late. Yeah, it's late. So thanks, everybody, downloading, listening, and subscribing. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.